Hello and welcome to Diving Into Diabetes, the podcast where we explore the latest advances and best practices of individualized diabetes care. I'm your host, Dr. Ron Goldenberg, and with me on the program today is Dr. Denise Faig. Welcome, Dr. Faig. Today we'll be discussing uh, hot topics related to diabetes and pregnancy. Uh, Dr. Denise Faig is an endocrinologist and a renowned diabetes uh, researcher who promotes uh, women's health. She's the head of the Diabetes and Pregnancy Program at Mount Sinai Hospital in Toronto, Canada, and a professor at the University of Toronto's Department of Medicine. And importantly and relevant to today's podcast, she's a national and international leader for issues in diabetes and pregnancy. So let's get started. Uh, what are the capillary blood glucose targets that we should strive for our patients who are pregnant with diabetes? Well, both the Canadian and the American guidelines suggest that we strive for a fasting of 5.3 millimoles or 95 milligrams per deciliter, a one hour of 7.8 millimoles per liter or 140 milligrams per deciliter, and a two hour of 6.7 millimoles per liter or 120 milligrams per deciliter. Okay, and would that apply to type one diabetes uh, in pregnancy, but also type two uh, that are pregnant and maybe even gestational diabetes or do they have different targets? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Uh, really, they apply to all uh, types of diabetes in pregnancy. Okay, but which is great for clinicians, right? Because it makes it much easier to remember one set of targets. So, you know, continuous glucose monitoring has uh, really emerged as an ideal way to monitor glycemia and diabetes. Um, it certainly gives us much more information than intermittent finger pricks. And I know that CGM is kind of evolving as becoming important in pregnancy. And I know, uh, Dr. Fig, you were the principal author of the concept trial published in the Lancet back in 2017. Can you briefly describe the concept trial, uh, what its design was and what the key messaging from this trial was? Yes, of course. So the concept trial, uh, we wanted to determine if using continuous glucose monitoring in women with type 1 diabetes uh, would improve uh, glycemic control compared to standard uh, capillary glucose monitoring. And we found that indeed uh, using continuous glucose monitoring improved uh, hemoglobin A1C uh, over and above standard glucose monitoring and improved uh, time in range as well. And uh, we also saw improved neonatal outcomes, including reduced large for gestational age infants, reduced neonatal hypoglycemia, and reduced NICU admissions. So I guess really a landmark study because not only did it show improvements in glycemic parameters, but led to better neonatal outcomes. And so based on that concept trial, is it kind of recommended now that we should consider CGM for all our type 1 patients during pregnancy? Well, many countries, including Canada, are now recommending uh, CGM for all women with type 1 diabetes in pregnancy to improve outcomes. And in fact, many countries in the world, such as the UK, Sweden, Denmark, Australia, are now supplying CGMs to all women with type 1 in pregnancy uh, based on this clinical data. 
Fantastic. And hopefully access will uh, not be a barrier. So if we use CGM in type 1 diabetes women who are pregnant, what is the target range we should strive for? And what, what is an acceptable percentage that achieve that target? Yeah, that's a great question. So the international consensus on time and range got together to decide what uh, people should aim for both in pregnancy and outside of pregnancy in terms of uh, glycemic targets for time and range. And they recommended in pregnancy, we use 3.5 to 7.8 millimoles per liter as the time target range, uh, which is 63 to 140 milligrams per deciliter. And this was based on both the concept trial and a Swedish real world study, which both showed a reduction in LGA or larger gestational age infants based on achieving about a 70% time in range uh, using this uh, target range. So 3.5 to 7.8 millimoles per liter. And I gather we should strive to have about 70% or more of the time in that range in yes. type ones who are pregnant. Any CGM data for type two diabetes in pregnancy or gestational diabetes, should those, if you use it, should those be the same targets or do we really know or do we need more data on that? Yeah, that's a great question because we really don't know. There's so little data on uh, CGM in uh, women with type two and gestational diabetes. There's some suggestion that women with type two can or should reach even 80 to 90% time in range. But we really need uh, more randomized trial data to one, see what uh, the range should be, and to uh, see if it's worthwhile to use CGM in these patients. Okay, so we can await more, more studies on that. So let's uh, change gears a little bit and talk about the use of second generation basal insulin analogs in pregnancy. I, th I think it's an important topic because second generation analogs have emerged as having a lot of advantages over earlier uh, generation basal analogs, especially related to hypoglycemia. And so more and more individuals are ending up on second generation basal analogs, which begs the question, are the second generation analogs like Glargine U300 and insulin Degladec uh, safe in pregnancy. You know, I remember when Glargine U100 and Detamir first got launched, there were great concerns about using these insulins in pregnancy, and eventually data emerged showing uh, overall safety. So a really hot topic now and a question to be answered is what is the safety of these second generation analogs in pregnancy? And I know you were involved in the EXPECT trial that was presented at the EASD in 2021 with insulin Degladec. So maybe you can briefly describe what you found. What was the design of the EXPECT trial and what you found? Sure. So the EXPECT trial randomized 225 women with type 1 diabetes to receive either Degladec or Detamer. And um, the aim was to see if there was uh, non-inferiority for uh, glycemic control as measured by hemoglobin A1c. And in fact, we didn't find any difference in the hemoglobin A1c between the two groups at delivery. And the difference was so small, it's, it confirmed non-inferiority. So we concluded that Degludec was similar to Detamir in the use during pregnancy. 
Um, also, some secondary outcomes were safety issues, such as maternal hypoglycemia, severe hypoglycemia, nocturnal hypoglycemia, and there was no difference. So it certainly appears safe. So reassuring data for the use of Degladec in type 1 diabetes and pregnancy. Yeah. Uh, we're, just, we're just back from the American Diabetes Association meeting, uh, which was a hybrid meeting. You could be there live or hybrid. And uh, there was this nice presentation of a post-marketing survey of pharmacovigilance data uh, that included Glargine U300 in pregnancy. So can you comment on what they found in that analysis? Yes. So um, they, this was a retrospective study looking at the Sanofi Global Database of women uh, using Glargine 100 compared to women using Glargine 300 during pregnancy. They had about 273 women exposed to Glargine 300 and 5,000 women exposed to Glargine 100. And they found low rates of congenital anomalies, premature birth, and stillbirth, and no difference uh, between the groups, which uh, also is reassuring. Great. So just like the story with the first generation analogs, I guess it's safe to say there's emerging data now to show the safety of the second generation in, uh, in pregnancy. Um, so there were some key learnings for a great discussion that we just had related to diabetes in pregnancy. I think some of the take home messages are that a CGM should definitely be considered for our type 1 diabetes patients during pregnancy, and the target range would be 3.5 to 7.8 millimoles per liter. It'd be nice if we can get uh, more than a 70% of the time uh, in that range. And there's new emerging data for the second generation uh, analogs in uh, pregnancy, both Degladec and Glargine U300, which is reassuring given that these second generation basal analogs are being used more commonly today. Uh, so our time's up for today's uh, podcast. I'd like to thank everyone for listening to the Diving Into uh, Diabetes podcast series. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our deep dive today into diabetes and pregnancy. And please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, and stay tuned for new releases. So with that, thank you to Dr. Fagg, and we'll uh, look forward to speaking to all of you in another podcast.